0: Welcome to Maniacs and Martin's site, a knife-making community podcast on Discord server, The Blade Spectrum. What's going on, dude?
1: Oh, nothing much. Just bored, you know, whole states on lockdown.
2: Yeah.
0: Most states are.
1: We see. New York is numero uno.
0: Yeah, especially in town.
1: Number one. Number one.
0: Number one. Yeah, they're even beating L.A., aren't they? Oh,
1: no, no, no. I mean the state. Like, I'm about four hours from the city, and we have so many cases that they're shipping a crap ton of them up here.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to stabilize them out, yeah. Yeah, you're right, man.
1: Yeah, but all they're gonna do is just get the whole state infected by doing that.
0: I mean, that's a possibility, but it might be worth saving those people's lives. You know what I mean?
1: Like, two people have died at our hospital already.
0: Unfortunately, there will probably be many more than
1: that. Yeah, just my...
0: Start the recording.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My sister, she works as a food delivery person in the hospitals. Like, she gives all the patients their food.
2: Yeah.
1: Which means she has to see, like, every single patient. And she's also an EMT, so if anybody's showing symptoms of corona, she gets to take them to the hospital with limited precautionary measures.
0: Yeah, yeah. Does she, do they at least allow her to wear a mask?
1: Yeah, but that's all they do. They just wear masks and regular gloves.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, that's about all they.
1: Yeah, because she's a driver. It's not like you can drive in a hazmat suit.
0: Right. Yep. That's it. Well, I hope she stays healthy and doesn't get it.
1: Yeah, me too. But I'm ninety percent sure I'm gonna get it from her eventually.
0: Well, I mean, you can stay away from her. You know, just like we live um, in the same house. You know. Well, but that doesn't mean you don't need to, like, be up in her breathing space, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but still. And my mom at her work at the Stortz plant, which you only know what Stortz is if you're from New York or some parts of Vermont. It's basically the world's best gas station.
0: Okay. they keeping those open, though?
1: Yeah, but they're closing all the booths where people used to drink coffee and stuff oh, yeah, yeah. and chill. Yeah, yeah. But no, she works at the plant, and a guy that she works with, she works in the tech department, has had to go to the hospital for it. Wow. And it's very close quarters. Like, I've been in her office before. And they're all together. The desks are right next to each other. And it's a small room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so
2: she's kind of stuck with... what happens?
0: That stinks, man. But, well, hopefully she still won't get it. So, I saw somebody, pretty much all of us knife makers know had somebody real get it recently. Mr. Jeff Fader's wife. Yeah,
1: sat- oh no. Nurse. I was thinking, yeah. No, I was thinking Satterfield Knives. He's from down south of me.
0: Oh, and he got
1: it? No, but he's in the epicenter of it, or right near it.
0: Yeah. Where does Feeder live
1: again? He's in New York, right? Who? Feeder. Feeder Knives. What? I'm not
0: familiar with Feeder. Feeder. Oh,
1: Fetter. Oh, it's Fetter. Wow, I, I cannot Fetter. pronounce Fetter's, anything.
0: Fetter's in uh, Peakskill. Peak New York.
1: Wait, where is he? Peakskill. Um.
0: Peakskill, New York. It's pretty close to um. Oh. Close to um. New
1: yeah, York. Yeah, I think that is that. Oh, oh, I was thinking, it'd be near Cobleskill which that I know my mom I don't know since she's at the tech department has to go everywhere to to the store shops but she's not allowed to anymore because all this quarantine crap Yeah. Yeah. People can't travel, man. It is what
2: it is,
0: man. What have you been doing at the house there since you've been stuck there? How's your uh, little shop space?
1: Well, it's good, but... (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I ruined my whetstone. Ah. Gotta flatten that out. And the problem is, that's the only thing I have to sharpen my knives that will get a relatively good edge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not so good at stuff. I haven't used any stones like that at all.
1: Yeah, it's pretty hard.
0: Those angles straight. I'm consistent.
1: Yeah, but then you got those guys on, like, R slash sharpening. Those guys, oh my god, I'm jealous of them.
0: I haven't looked at that Reddit.
1: Like, there was a guy on r slash knives today, and he literally, he's like, oh yeah, just for fun, because of quarantine, I decided I'd take a butter knife and sharpen it and shave with it. A
0: butter knife? Jeez.
1: Yeah, he took a butter knife and sharpened it into a straight razor.
2: Oh. hey what up Nikon?
3: I completely forgot we were going to record
0: <laughs> you're good dude you're good I'm uh it's yeah I threw this one uh, or threw this up you know pretty last minute there so you know and uh yeah I really should be editing right now is what I should be doing so but I don't
3: know I mean soon The sun is gonna come up here soon.
0: Oh, (laughs) the sun is gonna come up. What time is it? It's gotta be like like... 4 a.m. Holy cow, dude! (laughs) No wonder you're (laughs) not (laughs) getting grief this time from uh, Martin. (laughs) He's probably dead asleep.
3: Man, my sleeping schedule's just been messed up since the quarantine started,
2: yeah
0: yeah that'll that'll do it to you dude So, I've been trying to stay consistent with my uh regularity for uh sleeping schedule, but uh this worked out pretty well
3: I sleep till like ten get to work and work either on knives or three d modeling and probably a couple games in the spare time mm-hmm. and that's still like 11, <laughs> uh, 11
2: pm before my yeah. neighbors start shouting at me for being too loud oh my goodness that is pretty pretty funny man <laughs> I started a liner lock project yeah how's that going
3: sort of good but I (laughs) do have a couple of issues mainly my pivot turns out it's a bit too short for to fit all of my bits and bobs in it it's a couple of millimeters I'm either going to buy a new one or I'm just gonna recess the holes
2: so I can fit the pivot flush with the handle scales. Yeah. Okay. That sounds pretty. Although I, kinda I would really like, like to make a holder
0: hmm? where, like, I make actually... all the parts.
3: It's actually not that hard. I mean, the only parts I'm buying are the pivots and the screws, and I can't really make those since I don't have a lathe.
2: Yeah. Well, you could try
0: like using a handheld screwdriver though. Oh yeah. You know, and chuck something up in the bit there and then uh you know, kind
2: of spin it while on the grinder. Um Yeah. I know it's I not mean... a, not not the same thing as a lathe, but Oh yeah. I
3: Saw a couple of uh, people on YouTube making like laves from uh, cordless drills and just making wood attachments to make it work like a lathe. Yeah, and some of the parts are actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, I've seen that for drill presses too, but people get really, really weird about that. I it sounds pretty pretty dangerous to it as well. It would destroy.
3: I was tempted to do that. Yeah. Because, like, it's actually not that hard to make uh, my drip work work a bit like a
2: lathe. Yeah. I just need to get a uh, taper,
3: like the ones you have on a lathe, keep your work centered.
2: And, uh,. What was it again? I
3: had to lock my uh, press chuck uh, down so I could actually tighten more work. But I don't feel like chucking uh, things across my shop
2: with that.
0: Sorry, I just farted. Wait, what? <laughs> I just farted I don't know if it picked it up or not or if you heard it but I just did so It did. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: well then I'm telling them myself <laughs> nice man yeah no I gotta I, I do want to make a pommel nut because I'm trying to eventually I gotta get back to this takedown that I've kind of put off to the back burner like so hard um and it's pretty much all because I'm scared of the death of screwing, which I might do anyway, you know, I just got to get back on it and get it done. Yeah. I ground the bevels a little bit higher on this little uh, kitchen knife that's got a kind of like that Yuto, uh tip on it, that K-tip kind of look to it, but it's not really, it doesn't really have any flat section, so the bubbles mm. up
2: decent I and think... it's not very long either it's like four inches so it's kind of like maybe. a patty knife I guess yeah yeah or a press knife yeah, definitely. yeah yeah some kind yeah. of maybe they could be used all around kind of thing so
3: I think I'm gonna decide what kind of... what's that finish I think I uh uses corby nuts for uh, mm-hmm. sort he not they're not his are not exactly takedowns they're still glued together but yeah. he uses a corby nut on the I guess you could say the butt of the knife mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah yeah where it's got his uh logo on it yeah those are super cool <laughs> <guess you> could, <laughs> at least a lot of them
2: do
3: i guess you could try that as a pommel nut Although it wouldn't have like the flare of a Right. Like Yeah. Your normal nut. And it wouldn't yeah. actually be you wouldn't be able to take it down.
1: Right, to undo it after you get it done. What are we talking about?
2: Uh oh, hey. nuts?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah
3: the only takedown i've made is this uh dagger uh stiletto type dagger i made it quite a while ago and it wasn't actually like with a pommel nut but the whole pommel just unscrewed
2: oh nice
3: man that was a challenge making it without a drill press.
2: yeah
0: how do you do it?
3: Well, I had my piece that I was going to use for the pomo, and I made it quite oversized so I could drill drill it with a hand drill, and okay. uh, not mess it up. Yeah. And then I just grounded it to straight, and it worked out quite well. And I actually had the thread uh,
2: cut into the
3: and i just screwed it onto a piece of drill rod not drill rod but um threaded rod okay. and i chucked that up into my hand drill and uh, rounded it out on the bed gr- rounded it out on the belt grinder excuse me
2: nice no that's cool that's really cool and it worked although it wasn't perfect I gotcha. Well hey that sounds like it works well. So. Might have to check that out and look into that. See about doing that myself. Because when I make that pommel nut I um a pommel for it as well too. So just with a hole in it. Hmm. That way, I can stick that through it as well. I'm
3: kind of uh, thinking about going to my dad's workplace and learning to use the lathe there. They have this big, big lathe, an old Soviet one, and I'm tempted to learn to use it, but. I don't know if the boss is going to like that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the shot, though, I mean, the worst that happens, they know, you know? Oh, yeah. What's
4: up, Kyle? Hey, how's it going? I didn't know if you guys were in the middle of something or not, but finally got the boys down to bed.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, we were talking about uh, pommel, pommel nuts.
4: Sounds like an exciting topic. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually done a hidden tang knife, so I got no, no, no comment. Yep. No. All all <laughs> <good> thing. <laughs> yep.
0: Not even any like. Nothing, no full, no uh, hidden tang at all, or through tang,
4: or nope, no, it's all been kitchen knives and bushcraft knives. The full tang, yeah, done a lot with file work and stuff. So that's uh, sort of what I like. And doing a doing a hidden tang can't really do any file work.
2: Yeah, that's
0: <sighs> true.
4: Never been a huge. Yeah. Like that. I've never been a huge fan of it up up on the spine. I, li- I seem to like it better in the the handle. Some guys do it really beautifully. I the couple of times I've tried it, I just didn't like how it looked from the side. It looked great from the the top. Uh, just on the side, I didn't like the way it looked with the lines and stuff of the blade. This is basically jumping at that point. A little bit. Uh, usually, like the most of the file work patterns that I do, it doesn't have like very much up and down kind of like what jimping does. It's right. more kind of on the side the factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: Am I the only one who finds uh full tanks carded in things? tanks?
4: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never tried a hidden tang, so uh one of the things I like about hidden ta- or full tangs is it seems like it's a lot easier for me to keep the to line up and make sure the handle is symmetrical. Um, if you're doing the hidden tang, I would be putting so many layout lines and stuff to try to make sure everything's symmetrical. With with the full tang, you can easily measure one side of the handles the same as the other side and Stuff like that
3: uh for me it's the issue of flatness. can never get anything perfectly flat for a full time knife. I always get little gaps
4: uh what do you what do you do to flatten the the scales when you put it up against the blade?
3: I have this um, really flat piece of uh I guess you can say it's uh Ceramic, uh, what do you call that?
2: Like a
4: tile, or
3: yeah, that's the wrong tile. Okay, and uh, I grab a piece of 60 grit sandpaper and I sand it in a figure eight button. You're trying to get it as flat as possible,
4: and you're still having trouble with it. Not uh, yeah,
3: I found that I get a little bit of dishing out in the middle but I mean mean, I've gotten better at it I think it's just my technique
4: yeah so you when you're when you're using the the plate like that you have to be careful of where you're actually pushing um if you push if you just have your if you're pushing just in the center then it'll cause it to to sand just in the middle I usually do um two hands kind of uh if you would break it up into to four uh, segments kind of the Uh, quarter way in and then three quarters of the way down. And then I go uh, in 45 degree um, pattern. So I'll I'll do scratches up and to the right and then I'll do scratches up and to the left and just alternate back and forth. You can also um, take uh, a piece of pencil and Uh, lightly go all over the surface and then just really lightly uh kind of do your figure eight pattern and wherever the pencil goes away you'll see the the high spot really really quickly just do like hardly any pressure
3: i have to give that a try
4: i usually use uh 80 to 120 grit for um doing my handle where it meets up against the tang usually like 120 grit and then I do those 45-degree lines. And then I also do a lot of holes through the tang so that the, the epoxy has a place to settle. And when you uh, clamp it, it doesn't squeeze all the epoxy out. So it kind of makes a pin of epoxy through the handle to make sure the, it all stays in there.
3: I've been dabbling with uh, folders recently, and I find that flatness there is just really important. Mm-hmm. and I yeah. get better results with my bell grinder somehow. okay
4: what do you uh? what do you use to clamp up your handles do you use C clamps or uh, I use your
3: normal uh, your normal everyday like, I don't know what they're called in English are they called like screw clamps
4: okay right? some people call them a G clamp or uh, I can try to find a picture if you you want me to real quick.
2: Yeah, sure thing.
0: I call those uh, grooves that you, you put into the tang. I call those glue grooves. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that way it just has somewhere for that glue to sit. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah bond the two materials together. Uh, can I uh, how'd so how would you I know what a sequence like. I don't know.
4: I Uh, dropped, I dropped the C clamps that I use, that I use in the uh, podcast discussion thing there. If You want to take a look, but yeah, I I usually use three, three or four usually, or one, I you always do one at the front in front of the first pin and then one at the back. And then I usually do one kind of at the top of the uh, middle of the spine and then one at the bottom of the middle of the spine
3: yeah my discord cut off for a second so I kind of missed most of that
4: uh, yeah check out the the picture like I always try to place the C clamps at the front and back and then uh, two in the middle one more up at the top and one down at the bottom I kind of or most of my handles have a sweet or a pretty pretty tall belly in the center so helps get a get it to pull up against the handle a little bit better with the pins.
2: Hmm. Man, I don't... Do you not have that many clamps? I have like three clamps.
4: Oh, you got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: Whenever the hardware stores open up, I'm definitely going to buy some clamps.
4: Yeah, so uh, I don't know how easy it is for you to buy the buy stuff off eBay. Uh, That's where I got these two inch Irwin clamps and they were like a pack of 12 for like, I think it was like 15 bucks or something like that. They were like less than a dollar a clamp. Um, I'm not sure what shipping would be overseas or whatever, but um, makes they're pretty cheap when you buy them in packs of 12 off eBay. Well, um, one of the, one of the tricks I saw and it was actually, uh, man, uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, it was one of the ABS master Smith guys that I follow, but he was talking about if you ever have a clamp that's, uh stuck with uh, epoxy taking a torch and hitting or uh, torching the actual clamp uh getting it hot for just a few seconds it'll then pop that off so it comes off real easy
0: oh
3: yeah
4: i was like man that's a really useful but, tip <laughs>
0: you said that on uh one of your podcast episodes
4: didn't i um i don't remember it's, we've nope. we've recorded quite a bit
0: <laughs> I, mean, I listen to so many too it's ridiculous so <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sorry to keep straight who said what when
4: oh yeah <laughs> well yeah it's it's good to once you kind of have a whole body of knowledge it makes it a lot better but yeah, oh, yeah. It can sure. get confusing uh, Scott McGee of Guinea hog forge. He was the one that I, I saw that tip from. I can try to drop. Th- uh, let's see here. Let's yeah. See I I can...
2: definitely. That sounds pretty
4: great. Yeah. Scott McGee is really nice guy. Uh, I've talked to him at blade show a few times and he actually was the, I don't know if you saw my blade show knife display. Uh, it has magnets and stuff in it, and it's somewhat based on uh, his display that he had. He had little, um, he had a board with uh, little felt squares with a magnet underneath it that he had the knives stuck to. I really liked that it got him up off the table, and it was a little bit easier for people to pick up and hold. Uh, here's a here's a picture of his. Uh, um, his his display board. I really liked how it kind of like held the held the knives up. But uh wanted oh, nice. wanted a lot more knives on the, the board.
3: Yeah. That's definitely very display.
4: So I, I ended up doing like a ton of magnets and <laughs> I think there's like 30 or 40 magnets per board on mine and then I covered them over with black epoxy. So,
0: I need to make one of those
2: little boards like that, yeah,
0: just for keeping stuff in in the kitchen,
3: yeah, yeah, I need to make those two. I hate to see that whenever I make a knife from my kitchen i get it see it getting scratched up in drawers, yeah,
2: yeah.
4: yeah. I want to make a bigger personalized knife block to to hold my stuff. Uh, I've got, we've got two different knife blocks set side by side. And uh, one of them is the, the kind that has like a whole bunch of like little plastic bristles. So you can put them wherever you want, which is really nice for being able to shove them in there. But when your knives are, really sharp, they end up making those little plastic uh, sticks and there be like feather sticks. So it like shaves little plastic pieces off and it like packs down in there. And uh, I can't get the, the knives in there very easily. But sorry to derail your entire conversation with uh, <laughs> not hidden tang uh, pommel oh, man, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But.
0: So what what have you been up to, man?
4: I've been working a lot. Uh, my the company I work for they uh, declared uh, the us critical to the transportation industry. Uh, work for Navistar. They make international branded trucks and semis and school buses. And uh, just been working a ton. And then my wife is a teacher, so she's off with the the closing of the schools and stuff. And when I come home, I try to pull the kids away from her and give her uh, at least a thirty to hour break, thirty minute to hour break, so that she can can think and not have to have a kid climbing all over her all the time. But been working on a big batch of kitchen knives and stuff that I've been grinding on, and uh, we just recorded another episode of our podcast uh, last week. Uh, talking about Shot Show, so that was pretty cool with uh, Joshua schwanigan from uh, Knife and Gear Society. If you've never okay. checked out that website, uh, he did a really good. He does a really, really good articles. He was the used to be the, the head editor for Knife or uh, Knives Illustrated, and uh, yeah, super nice guy. And he talked a bunch about Shot Show and stuff like that. And um,
0: did you go to Shot Show?
4: No, no, All I right. I haven't been to SHOT Show. He did. Um, did Dan go to the, SHOT Show? Uh, not this past year, but he's been years before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, Joshua was talking about uh, how this SHOT Show was so much different than a lot of the other SHOT Shows he's been to because this was the first time he wasn't part of uh, Knives Illustrated. Oh so, yeah. So he was hoping or he was nervous that he might get a little bit uh different reaction from people that like did they talk to me and like me because I was the editor of uh knives illustrated or did they really like me? And he said luckily everybody was really nice to him and loved talking to him.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny.
4: <laughs> so but I mean the legitimate concern, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's like, Do they like oh, me? F-
4: they actually like me, or they just like that i'm part of this organization? In the
0: magazine.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's good that people actually. If fa- I'm the opposite.
4: <laughs> yeah. Hope you want. You always hope that people people like you for who you are and stuff. Oh yeah. Never know. There's uh, a, yeah, I just, really
2: I just, nice display. Yeah, I just yeah, dropped a uh, uh,
4: couple pictures of the
0: decked uh, out. Dude.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, most of the money that I made at played show last year, went to the table to the right and to the table, to the left of me. Cause uh, the table to the right was Nicholas impregnated woods and uh, Sam. man. man lots of lots of good stabilized wood and then the table to the left of me was phoenix abrasives and that's where i buy quite a few of my belts and different things and uh yeah <laughs> uh, that's
0: that's Sean Ryan that's right
4: yeah Sean and um i can't remember the other guy's name uh but there's two yeah two guys that uh mainly handle most of the knife abrasive stuff okay yeah those both those guys are really good um they've always had i've always had really good luck with their belts um i haven't gotten too many that were kind of cut uh so they didn't they got a bunch of belt wobble um usually everything uh runs really true i did have one batch where uh they were wobbling and I sent him a video and said, Hey, and then he goes, Oh, sorry about that. And then he, he shipped me a whole new batch of 12 that I had ordered. Um, so free of charge said, keep those other ones. (laughs) They were, (laughs) they weren't expensive ones, but, um, I was bummed. Usually I get to always see them at, uh, the badger knife show, which is uh, usually at the end of March up in Wisconsin. And, uh Obviously, with everything going on, that didn't happen this year. Yeah. I'm worried the Blade Show is going to get canceled, which is a bummer because I got a, I actually got a room at the the Renaissance Waverly. That's the yeah. the hotel that's actually attached to it this year.
0: To the pit, yep, yeah yep. I'm definitely. I got a. I don't have the Waverly booked, but I got a hotel booked down the road.
4: Nice, over by Hol- the.
0: Uh, the ball field
2: the holiday inn or
0: um no i don't remember which one but it's it's <laughs> over it's over across the street um from yeah. the on the same side as the uh as the uh suntrust park there yeah yeah so but you know Still haven't canceled it. Uh, fortunately, I did get the uh, <laughs> the little insurance to not get a fee or whatever if I if I try to cancel it. So,
4: yeah, the um, blade Blade Magazine like rented out the entire hotel, so you have to like book through their their website really? for okay. the the Waverly.
0: Okay, because I had been trying to like look at the pricing for all that for like almost a year before or whatever, you know. And yeah, I they,
4: they open it up uh, with a, a knife maker link first to the, the people that have tables and booths at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. uh, then usually like two days later, send out an email to everybody. Yeah. But The last two years ago, they sent out the, or they, I guess they sent it, they opened up the link like 30 days before they sent out the email. And, uh, by the time I saw the email, like two and a half hours after it, uh, was sent and everything was already booked. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap too. That's like 250 bucks a night, something like that. 200 bucks a night. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I stayed at the Sheridan across the street last year, and I mean, the hotel was nice, but it was, I don't know that it was worth, <laughs> I mean, it was close, you know, but it wasn't in the, it wasn't the Waverly, so.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot different between drinking and hanging out and then just going up the elevator and then, or having to get a, get a ride over to your hotel room or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I still walked because it was it was actually close enough that I could just do that and cross the cross the little walkway like towards the mall and it's the Sheridan that was right there. It was it was really nice, but
2: yeah, yeah, no, it was it was crazy expensive. Uh,
4: yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I I like the Holiday Inn uh, of the hotels I've stayed at. Uh, near there, if I can't get in the waverly, hopefully the, the holiday inn still has some rooms. Um, so yeah,
0: what, what are your predictions? Do you think they're going to cancel it? Uh, I think so. I, I don't think I have a choice.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's getting pretty close. And Atlanta's becoming more of a hotspot, I think, uh, what I yeah. saw on the news. Um, I don't know when the when the podcast is actually going to go live, but uh saw that they they recommended a more strict uh, next two weeks of uh, kind of lockdown, quarantine stuff.
0: Yeah, our <laughs> state, uh, literally, we were like one of the last ones to issue. Stay at home orders starting tomorrow
4: at five you're where are you at again
0: south carolina right next to georgia okay.
4: dan the dan the man's gonna have to join you then yeah dan, yeah dan, he's
0: upstate he's upstate from pretty far away
4: yeah he's in greenville
0: yeah from What's my house is probably about four hours or so but uh Yeah. What's up, Justin? How's it going? Pretty good, man.
4: We're just speculating if Blade Show is going to get canceled. What do you think?
5: Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a snowball's chance, but that's uh, that's happening this year. It's definitely
0: looking like that's the case.
5: I've never been. I'm kind of bummed out. I've seen we about actually to... this year. i was nice. thinking about it very cool dude that's a sweet table you got there i like that picture you Th- sent in the chat
4: thanks yeah i was uh we were talking a little bit earlier about uh the display boards and stuff uh scott mcgee uh showed a a tip uh how to get your c clamp unstuck from uh, the handle, if you get a little bit of epoxy under there and hit it with a torch just really briefly and uh, loosens up the epoxy to be able to take it off. And uh, I was talking about that. I got the idea from my boards kind of from his his board that's uh, above that with the magnets. The yeah. little black little black dots are our magnets underneath uh, epoxy.
5: OK, all right. I got gotcha. you. That's sweet. I've I want ha- to make one of those uh, just as a display for the longest time. Yeah.
4: yeah. So the, the magnets can get pretty expensive. Um, I wanted to have them go from the backside, um, but I couldn't, couldn't find magnets that were strong enough that that wouldn't make it cost a bazillion dollars.
5: Yeah. That's what my issue was. Cause I was, I ordered in those rare earth magnets and I was using those, but you'd have to stack mm-hmm. up like three or four of them before it would be strong enough to hold the knife in place. And at that point you're paying like it's like uh it'd be like five or six dollars for every knife that you're that you're putting up.
4: So all the magnets I got there were I think I that was close to a hundred dollars just at magnets.
5: Yeah, that's crazy.
4: And then uh yeah, then the big piece of uh uh white oak that I used was another like sixty bucks and then I spent way too much time trying to make them all perfect and yeah i had a bunch of people say hey hey can you make me some boards like this i'm like uh they're gonna be like 300 bucks a piece <laughs> 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 they're like uh on second thought i think i'll pass yeah yeah
2: did you, did you sell a lot of Christ, knives at blade show? uh
4: i don't i don't usually sell a ton of knives at blade show uh i think the the first year i sold 8 or 9 and then last year I sold like six um one of my or old town cutlery uh takes some of my knives for, as a dealer and they took like 15 or 20 of my knives from blade show
5: wait um so, okay so I have a question for you since you've already been to a couple shows Yeah. Um, so I've been running custom orders for quite a while now mm-hmm. and I'm struggling to get inventory I want to go to shows and stuff I want to be able to do that but um, I'm struggling to be able to build up that inventory whenever I'm running custom orders.
4: For sure. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh it gets even harder the, the older you get and have a family and especially right. if you're it's not your full time job too. Do you do it do you do it full time or are you just do uh, it part time? Right
5: <laughs> I do right now. I work at a hat factory and I got laid off. So I've been oh. running knife making full time.
4: Sorry to hear that, man. Um,
5: no, it's all good. This is a good test run. I'd love to be able to go full-time one day.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, uh, one of the guys that was on our, our show that I'm super good friends with the podcast that I do, uh, Todd Hunt, him and I were talking a really long time ago and, uh, I was asking him what the, the hardest part of being a full-time knife maker is. And he said, I'll tell you what, Kyle, the, the easiest part that I have of the entire knife making process is making the knives. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, dealing with uh, orders and customers and shipping and order, making sure you have the supplies and then you run out of handle material and then you got to run over to home Depot and, or you run out, ran out of this belt or, um, just keeping all, keeping on top of all the supplies you need. Um, we're the, we're a bunch of the things he, he dislikes the most and just loves just making the knives and doing all the ordering and uh inventory and stuff is uh what really is hard for him.
5: Yeah. All that admin work can mm-hmm. drag on you. Yeah, I get that for sure. And I've already yeah. had to deal with that. You know, I mean, I shoot, you know, I think that I thought that I was prepared and I knew that the layoff was coming, but I mean, I went through, uh, I went through the amount of belts that would normally take me two months to go through. I went through in a week Mm -hmm. doing eight hour days. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you just, you just have to, uh, I mean, there's just so much more that goes into it whenever you're doing eight hour days and stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have quite a few, uh, belts, but like, uh, the amount of belts that I go through in a year is like the amount of b- belts Todd goes through in like a month. Uh, I think he makes probably 50, at least 50 or 60 knives a month. Uh, probably even more than that. Um, but yeah, he's just that, cranks them that's out.
5: Awesome. Now, does he run, uh, does he run everything off of custom orders or does he just make what he wants and put it out on the market?
4: He used to do a lot of custom orders. Now he only sells through dealers or if you're like a really good friend. Um, he also does uh, some stuff through his Facebook uh, group, uh, TM Hunt Custom Knives. Um, I forget exactly what the right. uh, Facebook group actual name is. But yeah, if you look up TM Hunt Custom Knives, you should be able to find it, okay? Okay. But yeah, Todd. Todd's an ex- awesome guy yeah uh, lots of experience he he uh he actually one of his more famous knives is uh called the m18 it's this huge chopper Um uh, so there's another guy if you know todd you end up knowing uh cory murphy he goes by the goes just by murph usually and uh murph is a ex-marine and uh or i guess he's he's still a marine <laughs> not he's not in the service anymore um yeah but uh he, uh, you, uh, have you heard of the Tom Brown tracker? Yeah. It's like a double. So he said, Todd, yeah. I want a Tom Brown tracker, but I want it manlier. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they ended up coming up with that thing.
5: Okay. Yeah. I just looked it up on Instagram. That's insane.
4: Yeah. So it, I actually have, I
5: mean, it looks like a, a shovel. Head yeah. So it's
4: actually it. got like, like, it's, it's a really effective chopper. And then that, uh, kind of hollow ground center uh, spot it's really good for like uh, using it as a draw knife uh to be able to to do a like feather stick or just turn or uh shave something down to be like a, a dowel or whatever and then right. he, he talks about yeah, a so. whole bunch of stuff with the whole design uh todd actually stopped making those i think he was like just over 300 of, that particular model that he's made and he makes it out a quarter oh inch oh one, one. So there's a lot of, Jeez. a lot of grinding going on on that. Um, and no it's, kidding, it's, re- but- it's remarkable how, balanced it is, but he, uh, just started making a bunch of slip joints and I've, I've got two slip joints, uh, of his one that's uh red with like a, a bluish purple arrowhead inlay. Uh, that's the smaller version that he calls the the 22. And then the, I have a 32, which is a, a black G10 with like a mother of pearl arrowhead, uh, that, uh, I really like too.
5: That's sweet. Uh, so do you now? Do you run your knives? Wait, are you a full time? No, knife I or? just do it part time. Cool. Uh, so do you I run. Do you run your stuff? off of uh, Custom orders, or do you just make what you want? What was that? And then put that out on the market. Do you run? Uh, do you run all of your business off of custom orders?
4: Um. I usually have um, quite a few custom orders that I get throughout the year. And then I try to do a big push this time for blade show. And at least I have the last couple of years. And then that's uh, usually my inventory for most of the rest of the year. And then what I usually send to like old town cutlery.
5: Gotcha. Very sweet.
4: Yeah. I, I do like about 10 hours, 10 hours or so a week. Uh, trying to get in the shop uh, usually on uh, late at night or early in the morning. And then uh, usually the nap times uh, on the weekend for the boys, but they're, they're not napping nearly as much as they have been. I've got almost, yeah. almost four year old twin boys.
5: Nice. I got uh, I got two baby brothers. They're about that age range. They're- nice. They're a blast.
4: Yeah. The so lots of, a- lots of energy.
0: Sure. What's your plan B for all the knives you're making right now, there, Kyle?
4: Uh, for the ones that I'm making right now, like, yeah. not having them at Blade Show.
0: Right. Cause I know you're stocking up right now on inventory for Blade Show.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to, but, uh, I'm not going to have nearly as many knives as I usually have. Uh, wow. the first year I took, uh, 40, it was 43. And then last year I had 55. And, um uh, yeah, I think I was I'm shooting for like twenty-five <laughs> for Blade Show this year. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of sleepless nights and um the last two years I was going to blade show, I was up till three AM uh the day I was supposed to leave. Oh. So <laughs> no. yeah.
2: Um. That's
4: uh it's rough. I was uh yeah. sharpening knives. I about fell on the floor. I think I told told you about this bin last yeah, year, maybe. Uh, So I, I did the last year was the first year that I actually took some Damascus knives. One of the first times that I had kind of saved up enough money from selling the knives to buy a bunch of Damascus. And I got a bunch of high carbon Damascus from Alabama, Damascus. And uh, I had a, I usually use a, a electrical tape on the outside of my, my knives. Once I hand sand them to, to keep them, uh, protected. And then, um, when I put the handles on and stuff, it keeps them protected. And I ended up, uh, miscalculating and running out of three inch wide electrical tape. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll just use this. I'll just use the, the three M painters tape that I, I normally use, uh, to kind of hold the scale sets together as I drill the handles. And, um, that was a totally bad mistake. And uh, I went to sharpen, sharpen the knives that I had. I was like, I think I had like 10 Damascus knives, something like that. And uh, I took the painter's tape off of them and uh, there were just rust pits all over the surface. And that was, or I got up, oh my gosh. I got up at uh, four, four o'clock in the morning uh, the day before I was supposed to leave. And uh, I was like, I'll I'll get them all sharpened um, and then I'll put them downstairs and then my wife and I'll just take photos of them, package them up, do the the cards and stuff. And I'll be able to go to bed early and, uh, getting on the road early. And, uh, I took the painter's tape off the, the first one and saw all those rust pits and it was like, oh my God. And, uh, start taking them off all of them and all of them had to be 100%, uh, re hand sanded all the way down, all the etching off, um, and then it re-etched. Um, so I ended up going to work for just a half a day because uh, I had some stuff that I had to finish up before I went on uh, five days off and uh, <laughs> sanded. Yeah. I hand-sanded. I kept, hand
0: kept listening to it again.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. I hand-sanded <laughs> all from work. like four and from four until six in the morning. And then I hand-sanded from... Uh, noon until uh, it was like close to six o'clock. Ate dinner, <laughs> sharpened knives from like uh, seven thirty until uh, like one in the morning, and then uh, helped. Or my wife started taking photos and stuff of the the knives and stuff. Um, we were we packaged them all up and went to bed at like three thirty in the morning yeah <laughs> that's impressive dude i about fell on fell on the ground and started crying it's like
5: oh yeah <laughs> whenever i get tired i start screwing stuff up mm-hmm. like
2: you yep. know like
5: <laughs> i'll slip up and it just uh, just snowballs mm-hmm. out of control from there
4: <laughs> yep yep but yeah, yeah it's totally know, totally didn't even think that uh, it had enough acid in there or there was even acid in the like because I use the uh, painters like the orange painters tape for delicates um, for like so it doesn't like would, wouldn't remove paint from the wall or whatever and I just feel like it sticks a little bit better than the regular blue stuff and yeah definitely don't use that use electrical tape <laughs> Now I always have, always have plenty of electrical tape on, on hand. If you look on Amazon, they sell it and like, uh, I get the two and the three inch wide stuff. And, uh, that works really good for keeping the handles, uh, really protected while you do it. And there's no acid in it whatsoever because they, they can't corrode the, the copper terminals and stuff when it, um, it's used in, in actual yeah. use
5: that makes sense
4: it's not too expensive too i get it on amazon i think uh the three inch wide stuff's like eight or nine bucks for a lot of feet (laughs) so Mm -mm. does quite a few blades
0: i've heard good stuff about the green painters tape
4: really uh the other the other good thing if you do electro etch on your blades uh the two inch wide electrical tape for masking around your stencil you there's yeah. no opportunity uh because uh, at home depot and stuff um they only sell it in three quarter inch wide uh 19 millimeter for you guys overseas um uh, but uh you can end up having to do like one on the bottom one up and then one on the other side of the the stencil. And I always get uh, as no matter how much I like try to make sure that that corner where they overlap uh, is really smashed down tight, a little bit of electrolyte and stuff always gets through there. And then it puts little dots on other spots of the, around the stencil. But if you use the two inch wide stuff and just cut a notch in it, there's no, um, uh, no spot for that electrolyte to get through. That's G. So
5: I've had that happen before.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I've, I've pretty much per or somewhat perfected my electro etching, but uh, um, one of the guys that uh, I work with, he has a, a gun shop on the side and he just bought a, well, he didn't just buy it. He's had it for about six, eight months now, but he has a, fiber laser and uh he'll uh laser etched my logo and stuff on the on my some of the most recent blades and that's gonna be awesome when i just bring him over like 20 blades and they'll all be done in like less than an hour
5: dang that's a good friend to have
4: yeah so
5: there's yeah,
1: actually owns a gun shop that dude must be profiting
4: yeah, they actually got a class three weapons dealer license, so uh they have some pretty cool stuff.
5: Sweet. There's actually a guy who lives uh an hour away from me who owns mm-hmm. a coating Cer- operation and he has a big laser engraver, so I've already been talking to him and seeing about uh mm. going up there to get my makers marked done. Yeah.
4: It definitely isn't isn't as cheap as doing the electro etching, but um I for whatever reason feel the need to put my serial number on all my knives. Um so I put from from the first knife I made, um it's actually like probably like number seven or eight. After that, they've all had uh serial the what serial number they are, and I have a big list of uh what the knife is, the handle and everything um in the database. Um, so when I do the electro etching, I do my, my cage daily, uh, mark, and then I, I have to do three individual numbers, uh, for the serial number. And then, um, I have the steel type on the backside. So it's like five, five etches. Um, and it takes a while and making sure everything is lined up takes a while. Do you electro etch justin or
5: yeah yep uh yeah. i have for um about a year now i picked up a personalizer a couple months ago It's pretty yeah. sweet <clears throat> how long do your stencils last
4: um i usually uh throw them away after like 30 or 40 knives okay cool Um, but, um, it's not because they're getting like a, a bad etch or whatever. If I, if you were doing like, I do it so in, uh, kind of infrequently that, um, I try to clean the stencils as much as possible, but they kind of seem to get a little brittle. Uh, they don't crack or anything, or I haven't noticed them cracking or anything, but they, they just are kind of, kind of hard. Um, it's just not worth, uh, messing up one of the hand sanded blades uh I, I i i personally get my my stencils from img Uh yeah, that's who i bought my uh, etch etch machine it's actually the ss 751 it's got like a foot pedal and a timer and stuff on it so you just hit the pedal and it'll uh etch for so many seconds and then you can take it off and then put it back down and hit the pedal again um So I get really consistent um, depth on my electro etches. But they 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 do a once you pay for like the once you pay for like the artwork charge. I think it's like thirty or forty bucks. Then it's like twelve bucks for to get like an entire sheet. Um, And I have like five or six of my logo, and then. Uh, like a number set and different things on there, so um, yeah, I just uh, um, uh, go throw them away a little bit early and uh, at like a dollar a stencil. I'm like, it's not not worth it.
5: You're gonna, you might have to put a link in the uh, in the Discord so I could look these guys up. Cause that that seems like a pretty sweet deal.
4: You never never heard of them? Because
5: I went with uh, Ernie from uh, what was that? You never heard of them before? No, 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 no.
4: So yeah, they they've got uh, the whole catalog. Um, okay. The uh, the bent or the marker that I um, have is like one of their more high end ones. I was actually super lucky and found it on eBay um, from a guy that was selling it. Um, so I have the, the 751, uh, and it actually has the, the foot pedal. Um, but they're the ones that make the, the electro etch units for like uh, USA knife maker, like the knife dog, uh, one is the the SS 211. Um, and just the, the, uh, Oh, okay. The the one I have just has a little bit more power so that it can uh, just go a little bit faster. Sweet. You see those those links there?
5: Yeah, because I was using, or I've been using the uh, Blue Lightning stencils from, his Mm -hmm. name's Ernie, an older guy. Uh, I guess he's real popular with a bunch of blacksmiths and stuff, Stuff, but I... Think this might be the way to go,
4: yeah. So, so I talked with uh, where's her name? Uh,
2: uh,
4: Patricia Bruno, um, and I talked with her for a long time. Here's her email address, um. But um, if you message her or call the number, you'll probably end up talking to Patricia. And uh, I was talking to her about the unit, and she said that if uh, if you ever had any problems with it, they uh, they only charge uh, parts. Uh, if any of their units ever go bad, they don't charge any labor. All they charge is parts and shipping. Um, is their warranty? And no. Uh oh. Looks like uh Ben says that Kyle Royer uses IMG stuff also. Uh um, really. Yeah, their their electrocut units are top notch and the stencils are great. Um you can get a catalog. They they actually mail the mail the catalog and they have like a huge selection of electrolytes and uh you tell Patricia what steel you're using and she'll tell you what electrolyte to use and um what electrolyte right, so to use like for pretty, what color etches and stuff?
5: Right, they seem like pretty straightforward people. That's awesome.
4: Well, yeah, they they do etch units for like production machine shops and like manufacturing facilities that etch blades on that do electrochemical etching. So they act, like if you look at the on the marking devices tab, there's like a like a arm thing that's actually a pneumatic cylinder that you just like you would have something fixture and you'd put the part in there and then you'd hit your foot and then it would etch and uh, fully programmable stuff.
5: That's crazy. Now, now, these units that you're talking about, uh, are they, would you say, better than your standard personalizer? Because that seems to be the pretty uh, popular unit is to just go personali- with personalizer. I personalizer. think personalizer
4: is a different brand altogether but uh, i'm not i'm not 100% sure right. um uh, uh, uh what's the other brand that's super popular like echomatic or something like that
5: yeah i've heard of that one too
4: but I ended up going with the the IMG 1 especially after I talked to Patricia and cuz I I asked her like uh I found this unit on eBay and uh it's a pretty good price and she was like, "Yeah, that's that's a really good price." Um if there's yeah, I was like, "I'm just worried if there's anything wrong with it or whatever." And she's like, "Yeah, the the most expensive components like if we had to replace almost everything, uh just replacing the components would probably be like 150 bucks." So even if you're even if we have to replace everything uh you'd still be money ahead from buying a new unit
5: yeah that's sweet
4: so i i got mine for like 350 bucks yeah
5: i'm, I'm definitely gonna have to check those out i've been kind of going back and forth on my maker's mark because i don't know if i want to keep etching or just go and buy a cold stamp just because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty simple mark um I just wonder if it'd be worth the, if it'd be quicker for me to just go and get.
4: So uh, the, the big question for you would be then, do you grind, do you do pre grinding on your blades or do you uh, do pretty much all your grinding post heat treat?
5: Most of my knives are ground post heat treat.
4: So the cold stamp uh, has to be done uh, when it's not hardened. So uh, if you're wanting to do that, you'd need to grind at least where you're putting your mark pretty close to what it's going to be after heat treat or otherwise you're going to wipe your mark off unless you go super deep.
5: Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. That makes sense.
4: So that's that's part of the reason I went electro etch. Uh so or else I just grabbed the um, mark away. <laughs> most of, or my first four or five knives didn't have any mark on them whatsoever. Um and then I I bought a a set of um um uh, stamps like a letter stamp off uh, MSC and um I would I would mark KHD with three different stamps and then i would stamp in the the numbers like 23 24 and then uh, i would do 154 cm which was another five stamps in my arbor press and uh there were quite a few times where um i didn't uh hang on my arbor press hard enough to get the stamps to go really deep so like uh uh The letter M was one that was really bad because there's just so much surface area; it needs so much more force to really make an indentation into the steel. And uh, lots of times, I'd wipe off like the M on the 154cm or doing my post heat treat grinding.
5: Jeez. Yeah. Sound like a little bit of a pain.
4: Yeah, it's really bad when when you lose pretty much lose your like whole KHD or whatever too. So that's part of the reason I decided to go with electro etch. I think after I think one oh one was the last knife I hand stamped um before I started electro etching, okay. but yeah if you if you if you end up going through i m g they they actually in the bottom of your stencil sheet, it has a a number that's your catalog number, and um, yeah, you'll just like call them up um. Uh, or email them and say, I need, I think they have like a $40 minimum order. Which, so if you get like two sheets and a bottle of electrolyte, you're there. Um, and they'll, they'll send you send you a whole new full. I do the full sheets. Uh, she was trying to talk me into doing like the half sheets. And I'm like, it's like $3 more to get twice as much surface area. Like uh, the cost isn't, isn't a real big Right. factor for me yeah so but yeah definitely give them a call request a catalog they'll send you a whole thing and uh super super helpful um answered every question i had and uh like i said i talked to her for almost an hour about electro etching the whole process and uh cleanliness and uh Different problems that arise over when I was kind of doing it, was like wasn't getting as even as I wanted. And, um, yeah, just different things to that I was kind of, I wasn't holding it extremely straight and things like that.
5: Okay. I'm going to have to do that. Welcome back, Yeah. Ben.
0: I, um, I, you can get the catalog just from their website without having to call them or whatnot, but you, you can still call them. Hmm. I um,
4: didn't see it. I didn't. Or uh, well, you have to put your name in. I think there's like a form yeah. to send it. Yeah. I'm like, why why don't you just have a PDF on your website? Like, um, but oh. I guess they want your they want your info. <laughs> yeah, because that that was some of the stuff that I was wondering because I was like the unit that I found on eBay it it was just the unit it didn't have the marker or the pads and all that other stuff and I'm like, are we t- are we talking like hundreds of dollars or are we talking like uh like under a hundred dollars and turns out it's under a hundred bucks for a lot of that stuff
0: yeah no that's not bad i've definitely uh, i know royer uses that all that same stuff he uses their etcher too
4: i think he also uses uh like like um battery too sometimes right i've seen in some of his like instagram stuff him using like a like a car battery just to like show that you don't have to have like all the fancy he might have
0: done that but i think most of it is uh just literally like like with his electra like (laughs) his his etcher or whatnot i think he like took it down to the bare basics so that way he could replace the felt really, really quickly. I believe that's what,
4: Hmm.
0: that's what it looks like to me.
4: That's interesting. So the, the marker that I have from IMG, it's literally like two O-rings that hold the the felt on. So it's not like anything. You mean you could just use a rubber band to hold the felt on, but it's just like a big block of carbon with a metal rod that goes into the, the carbon. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the one of the best things that I did. Um let's we'll see if I can find uh um uh, so I actually attached um my was that the negative uh positive the red wire to a uh two inch uh clamp so when i clamp my blade to the uh to the actual like i use one of my sanding hand sanding boards and um then i can etch um i don't have to remember to clamp the wire on there because i'd always forget so i would like do like three 10 second etches and then I'd be like switch it over to DC and I'd like kind of check it and I'm like oh, there's no mark on here great
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah that's kicking the balls
0: the last couple that I've done I haven't marked at all I'll etch but I haven't marked at all yeah and it still seems fine you know
4: yeah, I always, I I know quite a few people that do that. Um, I always worry about like cleaning the handle up or cleaning the face up some, um, okay. and then taking that off because uh, it doesn't really go deep at all. Um, so. I gotcha. Here's the 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 like clamp that I used that I I drilled drilled the hole through the through it and put a eyelet on there and then some um shrink tube to help hold it on there so when i clamp the the actual knife to the to the table um it doesn't go anywhere (laughs) yeah that's
2: definitely staying let's see if i can find the. that's fine
4: Here's a here's a video of um the the laser the guy the laser was using uh, uh it uh definitely kicks it for uh the amount of time
0: yeah and, and the uh i mean it's it's it looks great too
4: yeah well there's no nothing to Mess up well if right. you don't get a get a line, but his will actually, uh, kind of like do a layout. And uh, if it's not too t- complicated, it'll actually say like cage daily all the way down the side with the laser in the preview mode, like actually on the blade in red, or it can do like an outline box uh, of where it's going to be shooting the laser, so you know how about how big it is and stuff like that, get it lined up right. Okay. Yeah, here's the, the blade clamped on there. So I just use one of my, my hand sanding, uh, uh, things on a vice, kind of one of the universal vices holding it off to the side. So then I'll, uh, stick the stencil right on there and, uh, Then with that that wire like drilled right to it, I don't have to worry about forgetting to clamp the wire or it falling off or whatever, because I always know the clamp is firmly holding the blade to the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely...
4: I thought I had a better picture of that on Instagram, but I can't seem to find it. I seem to have such a horrible luck with... uh, post in my personal or usually tells me especially my videos are way too powerful for discord so there's that, <laughs> wide, like that wide, <laughs> <laughs> there's that wide electrical tape around the, the stencil how I cut it
0: oh yeah no that's pretty solid that's not going through there do you use a stencil for the number as well
4: yeah so I do it each each individual number Which sucks.
0: Each individual number would suck. oh man.
4: Yeah. So
0: (laughs) what might benefit you, I don't know if it would pay for it, but like if you were to get like one of those like vinyl cutting machines.
2: Yeah. Like a cry cut. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but then you could you could uh, just like do your font or whatever and print it out like the cut vinyl um, and then weed out the uh, burst and then stick that down.
4: Yeah, uh, my wife has one of those. The problem is that like getting it to be that small uh, is kind of problematic. Um, and so I bought one of those those printers that uh, Craig, the chop knives guy talks about using for electro etch and uh so it works great for doing uh the ac etch as long as you don't like do it very long um because it like burns the stencil out really bad uh if you try to do like any dc etching at all at least on the tape that i have it it like makes it look like lightning bolts are coming out of the out of the stencil
0: well, that's because it is.
4: Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, there's lightning bolts all around the the steel.
3: I was considering buying one of those, but I just uh, got my stickers made by a guy with a vinyl cooler.
4: Hmm. I, w- I would suggest getting, like, actual stencils made. Um you get the, the the very best etches with those and oh, yeah. uh, you kinda you kinda sacrifice a little bit on being able to customize it very easily, but I don't know.
3: I mean my problem was that I couldn't get a stencil. Hmm. At least over here. And so yeah. we got the stickers made. Wait, yeah, I pictured my results.
4: There's my my two different hand sanding blocks. I have one for my chef's knife and one for my santoku that kind of follow the edge so I don't slice myself as I'm hand sanding.
5: Man, <laughs> no, that is always
3: a pain with the kitchen.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, I have a piece of aluminum uh T that's underneath. Uh, oh, there's the wonder if this will Uh, shows the same thing. So if you click on that same post and click a couple pictures back, you'll see uh, the aluminum T underneath. Um, so I just bought some extruded aluminum uh, from McMaster Car and uh, yeah, kind of cut it.
2: Nice. So, yeah.
4: McMaster uh, car, McMaster car is super dangerous. sorry, you can't uh, uh get them overseas or get it overseas nearly <laughs> as easily uh, where I work uh until recently with this uh covid nineteen stuff um, you could do uh, will call so if it said in stock on their website, I could pick it up in an hour.
2: Damn.
3: So,
4: Lucky. yeah, it's I, like oh I. I don't have a drill or I don't have um, some sort of carbide uh, grinder bit. It's like, all right, pick it up in an hour on my way home from, from my actual job. And I get to write off the mileage going to McMaster car.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
4: It's, it's literally like on, it's only like less than a half a mile out of, out of my way.
0: What's half a mile mm-hmm they're so in Wheaton, huh? uh
4: there is i think their technical town they're in is elmhurst um okay. but it's it's right next to where i work i work in melrose park um so it's it's right along north avenue there they're right next to the interstate and yeah they uh, i forget how many how many million square feet that warehouse is but it's like millions uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so they have like five warehouses too um, across the United States so that their world headquarters is where I work right next to and uh, uh, all of their like all their super specialty stuff it comes out of there and then uh, a lot of the other like super common stuff they have other warehouses all around the United States to help facilitate quickness of shipping. Um, so if I were to need something shipped to my house, um, it's all next day um, because they ship UPS. And if you buy something and the shippers in UPS to your house, it's all guaranteed next day shipping, regardless of how much you pay for ground.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It's
4: one of the, one of the few things that I learned from having a, a co-worker when I printed t-shirts, he used to uh, print t-shirts by day and then uh, deliver UPS packages by night. And uh, some of those guys are making 120, 140 grand delivering UPS packages. Even in like Southern Indiana in the middle of nowhere.
2: <laughs> Dang.
4: Yeah. He would usually do one or two routes a night, depending on how many packages there were and uh, you got paid per route. Uh, so if you hustled your route out and came back and there was another route that had packages, you could take that route and then you get paid, paid for that route too. So that's, I don't know if you've ever worked in a place where you actually deal with the UPS people, but they're usually always like, uh, all right, sign here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, yeah I had that to do. yeah yep, they're like i gotta go
4: yeah here anymore though they're like not even pressing the doorbell um uh, no. totally pisses me off yeah. uh i got a got an apple laptop and they uh with mm. fedex you have to you have to the signature required and uh so, uh, my dog started flipping out and, uh, so I like stand up, uh, get off the recliner and I see the, the FedEx truck out there and I open the door and the guy's already stuck the, uh, sorry, we missed you sticker on the door. And it's like halfway down the, my driveway, like didn't ring the doorbell or anything. And I'm like, Hey, like <laughs> what the heck, man? And he was like, Oh, I didn't think you were there. I'm like, well, you didn't even ring the doorbell. How would you know I'm not here?
0: Right. So.
2: He was just like, oh, oh wow!"
4: Yeah. Luckily, my guard, my guard hound was uh, <laughs> on duty. Yeah. I got a, I got a yellow lab mix that I love. His name's Columbus. And uh, he's, he makes an appearance in some of my, my Instagram photos from time to time. Nice. That crazy, that crazy mutt.
0: <laughs> Travels the world, huh?
4: Well he'll he'll you'll usually come to the basement when I'm working down down here and he'll sit and watch me and sometimes he'll, his head'll be gone. like in a photo where I'm taking a picture. <laughs> here's here's me trying to put uh put pictures up uh after blade show with uh for knives that I was trying to sell. I had both my boys oh, on me while I'm trying to upload. upload photos man (laughs) those those goofballs
0: yeah they're having a blast there
4: yeah it's pretty (laughs) uh of course now that i'm looking for a picture of that that goofy hound he's like nowhere to be found
0: yeah my buddy just got uh two German shepherd puppies so mm-hmm. right now they're they're not they're just kind of whimpering or whatever you know, but they're mm-hmm. gonna be some big dogs that's for sure so yeah well
4: you if you ever get a
0: about people come coming, coming around though that's for
4: yeah if you ever order a knife from me uh and I have to ship it to you from my house uh all the dog hair is free. No charge for the, the dog hair.
0: <laughs> yeah. If if it comes from my house, it'll probably be cat hair. So... <laughs>
4: <laughs> what kind of cat do you have?
0: I don't even know. I got three of them.
2: I don't even know. Hmm.
0: I got a little yellow girl, she's actually well orange, orangey yellow. Um usually those are boys, but uh she's a yellow tabby. Mm. A gray tabby and then uh like a a tortoise like calico. That's really mm. all I got. I don't know what kind of cats
2: they are. Just just cat house cat.
4: <laughs> yeah. There's that so, goofy hound watching me take photos, making sure I'm doing it right.
0: Nice, yeah, he's supervising. I <laughs> yeah. like, "Yep, you got to. You're gonna have to retake that one."
4: <laughs> oh, by the way, pet me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> while why you're looking at me.
4: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are a yeah. couple of them where I'm like taking them on my my workbench in the the basement, and uh, he'll have his head like kind of in the corner. Not not seeing any of those right at the moment. Oh, there's one.
3: I gotta find a picture of my. Dog.
4: Yeah, dogs are great, man. Our dog is dumb though. He's eaten like three diapers now. <laughs> uh all separate separate occurrences yeah the first one was the worst one uh he ate like one of the flaps out of a cloth diaper up until the boys were about a year old we used uh cloth diapers reusable stuff um and uh he ate one of the flaps out of there and it was in his stomach for over a month uh before he puked it up and uh yeah, it smelled really bad, and I'm really surprised he didn't die when he uh when he ate it. He had the worst diarrhea ever after he uh, <laughs> puked it up too. Took me two hours cleaning it up. Out, oh, it was man. like all over the kitchen, all over the all over the living room. Nice man. Yeah, I saw that picture on uh, <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. down you uh you said uh now you gotta post a crazy picture of you and i'm like wait a minute i just like the photo What what's going on yeah
0: <laughs> actually actually uh joe and rex here uh they're the ones that got me because i freaking like theirs and hmm. then they sent me or uh rex sent me the picture or that the like little a little message or whatever It like oh yeah you so you liked it now you need to like reshare it Hmm. And I'm like,
4: Ugh. is that like uh until tomorrow or whatever is that like a a commonly known thing or
0: No, I think it was like a new like for this thing along kind of thing, and i got hmm. I totally got sucker. so i uh, I it got was fun.
4: I got a couple I was really like, sitting
0: on that picture, so
4: I got a couple things through uh Instagram for like. Uh, send this message to five or seven, like other makers when follow all the makers that are in here thing. I'm like, yeah.
0: So, so check this out though. So I did that one, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people just put them in the story and I did do that one. And I actually got quite a bit of people uh, following hmm. me from that because I don't know what the deal is between the message versus the story,
2: Hmm. but
0: that was, it was a big difference. It really was. I actually, I probably got like 25, 30 people at least Hmm. just from that, maybe even 50.
2: Hmm.
0: It was, it was kind of ridiculous.
4: Uh, The biggest thing for, uh, on the knife perspective account, I did the, uh, like sharing people's posts on the stories, oh, yeah. getting more people yeah. to like uh, know about other makers and stuff, and just ask them if they knew of any other people. And yeah. I probably got 120 people doing that over two weekends. So, yeah. And that I feel yeah. like that's a little bit more targeted because it was other makers recommending other bakers to get like a shout out type thing and got seemed to get pretty good uh, response from people.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that definitely does, but I don't know. I don't know what the, what the deal is of why the message thing seemed to be a lot more effective because I mean, I even had like Mareco recently re like put me in the story or whatever with the swipe up for, for my account or whatever. And like, I was super grateful that he did. I, I don't think I got really any, uh, and he follows from that, but yeah. um, you know, that was that, to me, it was just awesome to be in a story, you know, the, the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, Craig, Craig brought me up because I finished the Knife Talk build-along, mm-hmm. and that was the same build-along I did for us for uh, the Blade Spectrum for March as well, mm-hmm. too. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. So,
0: I still need to make that sheath. I haven't, haven't gotten to that. We've been busy with the really busy with the cleavers so
2: yeah
4: you did some firework on the underside
0: uh yeah, yeah on that one that was an old one i'm mostly showing off the cat though oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to find i'm trying to find my cats and i can't find them yeah yeah no that was actually so i did that after watching your video um on youtube hmm. and uh Nice man. It was uh that was I need to do some more as we've been we've been talking about. I need to do some more file work, that's for sure.
4: Oh yeah, man. I love file work. Uh it doesn't take a a ton of effort and you get really cool designs and I think it really adds like no production company is gonna do file work because it just takes too much time for them. But I mean I don't I don't know of many other things you can do to a knife that for like uh 30 minutes kind of at most uh laying out the file work and doing it uh that's going to get you more of a return um on your investment of time like on the knife like uh probably the only other thing you can do is like different handle materials that make it more more attractive but um like most people don't even notice it, and then I'm like, and and I always do, usually always do file work on the spines, and I like point it out to them. And they're like, well, almost everybody says, "Holy crap!" Like, how do you do that? Um, like the rest of the, like I'm like, <laughs> that's the that's the part that they don't understand how you can do. It. The rest of the knife is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like the, the <laughs> file works the thing they can't understand how you do.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: But. That's so crazy. many, so many people now don't have any idea how how stuff is made, and it just boggles my mind. Um, I that's, I really love the the Mark of the Maker podcast when they were interviewing uh, Bob Terzola the two episodes, and he he talked about growing up in New York and uh, doing the trade school thing that he did, and I'm pretty sure it was New York. Um, but yeah, it's just like that whole the whole thing is so. I can relate so much to it. I used to work in a machine shop and stuff, and all this, like, how to make stuff thing kind of like comes more naturally to me. And, uh, you got a cat in a box. Nice, yeah, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great
0: episode, man.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those were two really good ones. I, I got his, uh, folder. Uh, volume two book. Uh, yeah, and I I read uh the first four chapters in it this uh, pat or yesterday actually, um sitting out on the the picnic table next to the fire. I post a picture of it on the the knife perspective uh Instagram. Yeah, I read some of that and some of the the loveless knives uh green book, the logos of the living legend or living legend I think is the name of it okay uh but yeah that that book is a uh, uh, one guy's um, uh, loveless knife collection. so it's a book that he and he specialized in trying to find like a bunch of the oddball stuff, and he probably has or had four hundred loveless knives.
0: holy cow
4: there's a ton of knives in that book, and they're all they're all photographed on like quarter inch square paper. So you get, you actually know like how big things are and everything. It's, it's a great book.
2: That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah. Let's see if I can find, I had, I posted a picture of inside when I, when I got the book. Uh
2: I thought I did. Maybe not. Did I do that on my personal account? Yeah. Uh hmm.
4: what slip joint is that? <laughs> and the cat, um, of course.
0: Yeah, the cat. <laughs> Yeah, that's just a kit. That was the... Not the first kit that I put together. um, uh, From Knife Kits. Um, That was probably... I don't remember if it was the second or third. I don't remember.
2: Hmm. So, but... uh,
0: Yeah. No, that one got a lot. A lot better from me for that. And the last one I did yeah. was a trapper, so I got another one um, that's the same cutout as that one, the same like design as that. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm gonna put together and we've got some scales I'm gonna put on it, some yeah. wood scales. It'll be real light with that. Yeah, the G10 is actually really heavy.
4: Yeah. I really want to make a slip joint. Uh, I don't know. uh, Greg Hansen, uh, GL Hansen and Sons. He talked about uh, a guy uh, in his episode. um, uh, What's the guy's actual name? He's a Birdviz knives on Instagram. Uh, It just says, it just says Nick as uh, the knife maker. Um, but, uh, he makes, uh, a couple of, he makes a lot of slip joints with Greg's stuff and, uh, boy, are those, uh, some amazing, amazing slip joints. Check that out. That's probably my, my favorite one I've seen of his like pattern and everything. He actually said that's a, uh, Oh, why can't I
2: think? so bad at this today.
4: Uh, I forget, uh, I forget what actual pattern he said that that was, who actually kind of made the pattern.
0: Is that with the, the lock back?
4: Uh, no, that's a slip joint. That uh blue blue bolstered kind of natural one on the back. Uh Tony Bose pattern for
0: joint. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I have heard that name.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony Bose makes a ton of really cool stuff. He has a bunch of uh if you don't follow him, definitely check him out on Instagram.
0: He's got a he has a table too, usually, right?
4: Um uh I don't know i uh, the last two years I've actually know a lot more knife makers and stuff and yeah. uh like I said, I'm a bad uh yeah. <laughs> I, don't like step, I don't i don't like step i don't like
2: stepping
4: I don't like stepping away from my my table very much so uh <laughs> i I don't make it around to to like see very many people unless i I know them at the pit. Yeah, Tony yeah. Bowes, he has uh he like does a lot of these like uh shots where he shows like all the components of the knife laid out and he'll actually uh like the slip joint community seems to be like super giving of their patterns and stuff. So he like uh took dimensions and like drew out his different stuff for some of his like lockback stuff and like pretty freely gives a bunch of the like Stuff you need to make the patterns, but yeah, I really really like that one that that Nick does a uh, bird vid knive knives,
0: yeah, those are cool.
4: I think we lost everybody else <laughs> you're gonna, you're now okay. fun you're gonna have fun ed- ed- you're gonna have fun editing this podcast
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, it's got more i'm gonna call it quality content in it, you know? uh, more uh, better better con- well i'm not gonna say better conversation but more educational conversation yeah so
4: yeah so this was this was my my view for most uh sunday was uh Reading the books and watching my solo stove Yukon burn away at a whole bunch of uh, almost nice. rotted away wood that needed to get rid of.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny.
4: But yeah, uh, but yeah, I've actually become uh, the the guy Russ of Loveless Knives that kind of took over the the like shop orders and stuff uh, become somewhat good friends talk to him um i i asked him uh so love bob on his first ones he made them in delaware and he put delaware made and he spelled it m-a-i-d instead of m-a-d-e and uh i asked russ was like why why did he why do you do it like a like a a maid that would like clean a room. And he said, uh, Bob loved making little jokes like that, uh, spelling things, uh, different ways. Um, cause Bob was a really, I guess was a really intelligent, uh, and wrote like a lot of, uh, more elegant type literature stuff and, uh, did a bunch of books himself about making knives and stuff like that. And, uh, He said that like all over his shop, he had like, uh, different things that were plays on words and words that meant different things in different contexts and stuff like that. Pretty, pretty neat. And if you never, if you didn't check out the, the, the post from, uh, Joshua, that was his, uh, April fools.
2: Uh, Post, post.
4: uh, Schwanigan, the oh, Life and Gear Society. No, uh, he did a, a review of the new KFC tactical spork. Yes, <laughs>
0: <We> needed that. <laughs> look, those look, you see what it's on. I know what it's on already. It's on a famous bowl. Okay, so that's a big yep. deal. A famous bowl is very important and vital to creating diarrhea.
4: <laughs> nice.
0: But they say it's fantastic.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I always liked KFC. I I always have a special spot in my heart for KFC. We uh there was a big like uh I uh, don't know if it's a state state or a national park, probably a state park. Uh but a big like in Southern Indiana, it's uh, Brown County state park, or as it is state park, it's in the name of it. Uh, But uh, we would always stop and get KFC or uh, way, way, way back in the day, Hardee's uh, before they made hamburgers. They used to be a fried chicken place, at least around us, the same Hardee's that now does burgers. Uh, But they had some of the best fried chicken and KFC would get, get a, uh, one of the like picnic meals and then go out to one of the, the like picnic tables and sit by the lake or hike in a little ways and then eat eat some fried chicken out out on the the trail to <laughs> so the family was that was always fun
2: yeah
0: nice now that's cool
4: do you do you have a did you listen to the the podcast with uh um andy tran inner bark yes. outdoors
0: i did i did that listen.
4: one that one was a fun one. Andy's a, Andy's a special guy. That was the first time I'd ever talked to him.
0: Okay. Well, he was giving Dan a whole bunch of grief. They
4: they went to uh, South America on the yeah. bushcraft global trip together, and they've known each other for a while. I I think.
0: Did he? So was Josh with them or no?
4: Um, I don't know if I know Joshua went on one of the bushcraft global trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if Andy was on the same one. Gotcha. Because uh, that's all Joe Flowers that that does those oh, down to the yes. okay. South America.
0: So then Joe would definitely know Andy.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've met I've met Joe a couple times. Uh, that one was a a high energy podcast. Joe is uh mm-hmm. uh he was blowing out his microphone a bunch during that podcast, like got got really excited,
0: Capping, yeah <laughs> volume levels, yeah the, uh, it, as it's called
4: yeah the the like one of the pictures I used for uh uh his when I posted up his uh podcast uh he has like a big stick bug on his arm <laughs> the the guy I'm not sure who the guy is, but his his face freaking cracks me up in that like he's like ah <laughs> Uh, yeah, Joe was talking about playing with snakes and all sorts of
2: stuff. Mm. Yeah,
0: okay. Not for me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Well, he. Uh, I mean,
0: it sounds really cool, but
4: I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like a really, really cool trip. I'd like to try to go on it at some point, but not sure if I ever, ever will make it but we've had, we've had some real characters on the podcast. Uh, I've been, oh, yeah. been pretty happy with uh, all the people we've had on.
0: Yeah. It's been I great guess, to I...
4: to learn, a, learn a bunch of people.
0: Right. Yeah. Dude, that's the same thing I try to do with this, but it's yeah. No, you guys have had some really killer, well-connected, Thanks. meaningful, you know, it's
4: podcast. amazing. It's amazing. Uh, some of the people that we've, we've had, um, uh, Sean Mullenbelt, uh, 51 Bravo. Uh, he, he said, Hey, would you ever be interested in having Walter Sorrells on the, the podcast? And I was what? like, uh, yeah, <laughs> he goes, yeah. uh, here, let me message him. He goes, yeah, here's Walter's email address. Uh, send him a message. And then, uh, Walter's like, heck yeah, I'd like to be on your podcast. So that was Walter's
0: awesome. So cool.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was uh Sean but uh Jason said that uh he called uh Sean up when they were at one of the Blade shows and he's like hey you want to go get dinner and he's like uh kind of already at dinner uh I'm over at Walter's house having a steak
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right he lives right there in Atlanta I forget that
4: Mhm Yeah So I was I was hoping to meet him uh this year I've never, never been able to be at the same place at the same time. I've tried to find him a few times and at blade show and just never got, never found him.
0: Yeah. I ran into him at the uh, combat booth. Um, okay. I think on Sunday.
4: Did you ever see this picture so. of uh, Dan and a? I think it's in like a Humvee up no. top. Yeah. That was uh, on veterans day. I posted, posted our boy Dan in the army. Oh well, I had to have seen it. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still working on getting uh, um, uh, uh this guy, um, uh, why I can't remember his name off the top of my head, uh from 3M, uh he was he's one of their belt engineers uh, to oh, talk nice. about some of their some of their abrasives and what what they're going to be used for
0: they're still like them. And I mean, I guess Norton really, they're really on top of their stuff. Really.
4: Yeah. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I usually end up buying a lot of my stuff from, uh, from Phoenix uh, just because I, I feel like the, the 3M and Norton belts that I I've used in the past. Just, I don't, don't feel like i get the that much more uh life out of the belt and i and i pay like 30 30 percent less right yeah so you like three
0: the ones that uh niels vandenberg um had had in that he like was testing out and then uh they were um I think they're trying to get him to sell or whatever.
2: No. Um,
0: I, don't. I don't know. He said he didn't want to give them back because he was supposed to like use them for so much time or whatever. And then, and then send them back to him to the, whoever the, the belt place was for, you know, cause he's got his, uh, basically supply store there in South Africa. And, uh, yeah, it sounded pretty cool.
2: What was that guy's name? Uh Neil Uh let me find
0: uh it's Black Black Dragon Forge, man. Yeah, that's the that's the easiest way for me to remember. You'll well, probably wrecking.
4: I know follow him.
0: You know. Uh-oh. <laughs>
4: Yeah, there's just so many people that... There is, uh,
0: dude. There's, There really is.
4: I can't keep track. <laughs> I'm not seeing any belt on here. I know no, there was...
2: Uh,
0: it So, it's for his... Uh, I, I don't know. It's for, for his store that he... I'll see if I... Because he's like a supplier down there for South Africa. Okay. And then, like, I don't know who... Um, I don't know what belt company it was, but they were like giving him stuff to test out. Okay. So I found his website. I'm going to
2: see if I can find it. Uh, I know, um, uh, Josh Hoffman,
4: um, or Jess, Jess Hoffman, sorry. Um, he got some of the uh, belts from uh, Phoenix abrasives that uh, um, they're actually like a structured abrasive, but they're higher grit, um, like 240, I think 320 and 400 grit. But they they have like these, uh, each one of those little abrasive like nodules is like. Uh, a bunch of that same-size scratch-pattern material. He said he really likes them. Yeah,
0: just... They last really long? Really?
4: I mean, uh, I haven't actually used one, but he said he uh, seems to really like it.
0: I'll have to... uh... I could probably either ask him or uh, when I heard it, he was doing uh, the Forgecast podcast with uh, Alex um, from about Ironworks he was talking to him uh, with an interview with him, and that's when he was talking to him about it. So I I could probably ask one of those two what actual belts they were, but I don't. I just, I found his website. He doesn't have about 12 things up on his site right now. He's got it bare bones. So that way he's not sitting on a bunch of inventory.
4: Yeah. That's the, I've got way, 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 way too much handle material in inventory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, over, over Christmas, uh, we were down in my, my hometown and, uh, just a lot of like hanging out with family and uh perusing Instagram. And I uh, put a, put what I thought were low to adequate bids on a lot of stuff from like iron men and uh, ended up winning a lot of blocks from him and ended up buying a bunch of stuff from Greg of GL Hanson and sons and buying a bunch of stuff from Atlas materials, the, Uh, Bought a bunch of the crazy fiber and different stuff and bought a bunch of wood from uh, Jason Williams. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Lots and lots and lots of handle material.
0: Yeah, I just got... um, I picked up some of the micarta, the vintage micarta from... uh, uh, Derek Melton actually had some up first sale that he had gotten
4: in yeah well doesn't uh, he have like uh wasn't he the one that said he has like no it's a different person um um if you want uh vintage Macarta, check out this uh murphy made knives guy
0: Yeah, Murphy. Because Murphy makes Micarta, too, doesn't he?
4: Uh, I just know of his... Well, there's Murph's Micarta Facebook page. Uh, But he said he has like 3,000 pounds or something of... Micarta of all different... Not all like... uh, Uh, not all Westinghouse, but all old stuff that he, he bought up over the years. Uh, yeah. Greg, Greg actually sent me a ton of natural uh, canvas micarta. Um He, uh, I guess when he lived up in Washington, there was like a place that was like a government surplus or like a government uh, contract place. And they would make stuff out of it and all the in cuts and stuff. Uh, they would, uh, just give the, the incuts cuts and stuff to the employees and uh, the employees would uh, sell it off or give it off or whatever to different people. And Greg ended up with like hundreds of pounds of it. And uh, he sent me a, a medium flat rate box, uh, completely stuffed with canvas micarta. Uh, a lot of stuff that was like inch and a half inch and three quarters thick, uh, I love to do the, the bias cut stuff and uh, just a bunch of other little scraps and pieces but all stuff that's like knife handle size
2: nice oh, that's awesome
4: yeah there's just so many so many so literally so many different uh, handle materials out there yeah <sighs> It just when you think you you're like all right my my itch has been satisfied for a while, and then you find something else,
0: oh of course, of course, yeah, there was um I did that uh last little knife that I sent you the picture of I uh brought the bevels up one this morning, yeah, I don't have it with me to take a picture of it, but it's. It's not a hundred percent flat, but it's, it's pretty close. I think I can sand it to being pretty flat for that little ridge there. Yeah. And then I got to I still, I tapered the tang back out and the, basically completely unground One of my little glue grooves, as I was calling it. Yeah. I'll have to put that back in on that side. It probably deep in the other side.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: plan on glowing, probably
4: yeah that's cool I just uh, said it I know you like that one but uh, Tom Stone of uh, Beyond Woods products uh, he got me with that stay at home fade 20 color pour uh, pretty much anything that looks like tie dye that he pours like what? Ma- makes me uh, makes me want to uh, get it but yeah, I got, I, 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 I was, I was like lucky one. enough to snag that one.
0: That is really cool. That is really, is that, that kind of looks like that Fordite stuff.
4: Yeah. Except it's all resin poured. It's not layers like Fordite.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha.
4: So, but yeah, it's was 20, 20, different colors all poured uh, at the same time into a block.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm re, re-looking at the post that I've already liked.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta read gotta read him, man that one was actually uh, um, a pre-order on his website oh really and he just like had the picture of the 20 cups of color and uh, said how big the block was approximately going to be because it's like three and a half by one and a quarter by like seven inches long it's like a big block and he had it for like i think it was like 60 65 dollars he had it for pre-sale and i'm like yep buying that and i i couldn't believe that i was the one that actually got it because i didn't see the post for like three hours after he he posted the link that it was available
2: dang that's pretty
0: wild no that is a cool block man
4: were you one of the people that was asking me about the, the cool mist thing too,
0: the sprayer? Uh, I think that was Daniel, but I, yeah. Tell me about, uh, yeah.
2: You've Uh, you've been
0: using it for a little bit now. I saw you installed it the other day. I do recall liking and seeing that one for sure.
4: Yeah. I used it for, um, about, uh, three hours or so. Um, it's really loud for where our garage is in relationship to the living room. It's like right, right there next to each other. And my, my air compressor is pretty loud. So, um, the, the required airflow was kicking the compressor on. Like I only have a, uh, I think it's like eight gallon tank underneath my workbench, a Makita air compressor, which I usually just use it for like spraying stuff off and stuff. um, but, and fill in, fill in tires and different things. But, um, yeah, it it seemed to help a little bit with helping keep it cool. Um, I had it like choked down, so it wasn't spraying quite as much water as, uh, it probably should to keep it like totally cool while I was grinding. Um, but yeah, I, I could grind for quite a bit longer before I had to to dunk the blade.
0: I gotcha. Did you, um, change out your tool arms to the aluminum like you were talking to or d- talking about doing or did you- uh you
4: know? i didn't i didn't <laughs> I, <laughs> I i haven't i haven't wanted to spend the like the like 60 65 bucks per tooling arm to get the uh the aluminum uh, yeah, ones the, yeah um they're like the same price or I, I bought a bunch of like inch and a half square steel from uh there's a like just a steel, um, uh, uh, seller. Um, and they have like a whole, they had a whole bunch of like, uh, drops and in cuts and stuff off the the steel. Uh, so they just throw them on the shelf, all the stuff that wasn't, um, that was all under like two feet in length. And, oh. um, one day I was there getting some steel for another thing and, Uh, happened upon they had like three or four pieces of inch and a half square that was about 18 inches long and uh, i bought it for a dollar fifty a pound Uh, so i drilled and tapped some some holes in there and had had uh, a couple tooling arms for like 40 bucks 50 bucks so that's pretty awesome yeah is uh my best my best score for a deal ever was uh my my Rockwell hardness tester. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I I remember you telling telling that story. That's awesome, dude. Yeah.
4: Yeah, 100, 150 it's... bucks. <laughs> for <laughs> so.
0: literally literally a $1,500 machine minimum minimum.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a really crazy. nice one. Yeah. I, I clean had to clean it up quite a bit and take it. I took it mostly apart to uh, get it all cleaned up, but now it's uh, super nice in the basement. Yeah. I like to think it's got a pretty good home now, but I need to fa- find something to do with uh, how to get rid of, or how to, what to do with uh, my stickers that I was planning on giving away at blade show. I got uh, some cage daily knife show or cage daily knives ones out of the, the holographic sticker material from sticker mule. Okay. And uh, I was planning on giving those away at blade and I'll,
0: uh, take, I'll take some.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of wanted to, Ropey to have right. something, have something <laughs> special that people that just came to blade uh, got, but. I might end up having to, like, do something different. You just get right.
0: rid of them. Well, I mean, you don't have to, though. Like, you'd save them for that.
4: Yeah. Uh,
0: all, all your knife purchases and stuff like that, you know. I have
4: I have just regular white ones that I put in with my knife purchase ones. I was thinking the holographic oh, okay. ones would be cool to, like, do something that come by the table and ask for one, like, Instagram follower type. Uh, okay, yeah. Kind of bonus. Yeah. But
0: yeah, no that makes sense. Yeah.
4: So much for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: well, we I, we we don't technically know yet, but
0: Yeah, well, I mean
2: Wait, I'm um, in front of a computer. Able... They might... Blade show. <laughs> it's great. No, they don't oh, have anything yeah. uh,
0: cool, man.
4: the holographic ones.
0: Yeah, those are cool. I like the nice yeah. ones too, dude.
4: Yep. If you want some of those, we got those for sale on the website to help support the, oh, yeah. the podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I need to check those um, out. Although,
4: although you probably will get one for free when I see you the next time because been such a <laughs> good promoter of the podcast.
0: Man, I always have fun talking to you and um, yeah, dude, just listening to the podcast, dude, I, I got, I got podcast problems. Yeah. Podcast
2: problems. So I'm. Just, it's a lot of fun.
4: It's a lot of good ones.
0: There is. There is definitely.
4: Yeah. Now that I, uh, have listened to enough of the, the Mark of the Maker ones, I can actually distinguish, uh, who is who the first, like probably 10 episodes I was really struggling I'm like all right Mark Mark is like distinctly different but uh Tom Sean and Michael uh for some of those first ones I was having a hard time like distinguishing like all right now who's talking like I (laughs) but now that I've listened to them enough I can I can under or I I can get a get a sense of who's who who, but yeah and those yeah. those guys uh, are really doing a lot of good work. I mean, they're, uh, some of their history uh, shows, uh, each one of those guys spent an, a significant amount of time researching, putting together that all that stuff in a, a oh, very yeah. logical manner.
0: And they're still working on a big one too, aren't they? Uh,
4: like a big maker you're talking about?
0: I th- like a yeah one that they're gonna do research on. I can't, I can't recall who,
4: but um not sure who would be offhand. I know they did one on Skagel, and Randall. Um, yeah, those were like some
0: of the kind of like that. They were just saying that they were still. It was in the works, kind of.
4: Remember? Could be. Man, I'm only you and I are about the same age and sometimes my memory i'm like i don't I don't even know how i uh how i do it sometimes I and, then know, I can, dude, that's... and then i can like there are other things that are like completely stupid that uh, uh like i'm like one of the only people in the world that would actually remember it well I, there's the other people but like tap drills for uh different taps and stuff like that i like like a quarter 20 tap needs a number seven drill it's like why, how can I remember that? Like, no, nobody's business. But then I can't remember like different people's names that I follow on Instagram or
0: yeah. well, at <laughs> stuff like remember, that. At least you remember the useful information. I'm over here remembering that the fourth item on the counter at, on the in the kitchen is like blue from like <laughs> four weeks ago and stuff. You know, like, that's useless because it's not still there anymore, but I remember it, you know? Yeah. I remember dumb stuff like that sometimes. Mm. But, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. actually useful.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Number seven. Number seven with 20? Uh, you said number 20?
4: Uh, Quarter-inch thread, 20 quarter threads inch. per inch. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay.
4: And that Yeah.
0: number seven. All right.
4: Good old number seven. And uh, if you want some, if you want another, uh, drop or anybody that's actually suffered through it this long, here's a good one for doing a drill press. (laughs) Um, so, uh, a good rule of thumb for speeds for, uh, what drill you're using. Uh, Um, so a lot of machinists will say, uh, we'll call a half inch, uh, drill bit or an end mill, uh, 500, uh, okay. So the rule of thumb is uh half an inch should be run at five hundred r p m oh. and then for every half down you go you double it so a quarter inch drill bit should be ran at around a thousand an eighth of an inch drill bit should be ran at like two thousand r p m uh okay. and if you go to a three quarter inch drill bit, you should run at about two hundred and fifty r p m Um, uh, like a okay. one inch one inch should be around. 125 for drilling. Oh, okay. So that might help some people. That's a, that's a good thing to remember for uh, drilling pins or different things. That's mainly in steel, uh, different handle material uh, okay. can vary. I always have a hard time drilling Arizona desert ironwood. It's always a tough one. It always wants to gum up in the, the flutes and stuff. No matter how slow I run it, how fast I run it, if I lubricate up the threads, one of the one of my coworkers that used to do a bunch of work uh, work on um, exotic wood guitar necks, he said to drill into a bar of soap, and that would uh, lubricate in the threads or in the the flutes of the drill bit, so that uh, the the chips and stuff wouldn't get stuck in there. It still gets stuck in there. <laughs>
2: Nice, It's
4: fine, well, <laughs> well, I think that's probably enough for for tonight, right? or you got anything yeah. else
2: you want to talk about?
0: Um, uh, i I already got like a couple and I edit.
4: I <laughs> <laughs> well, the I great thing about it. this one is i don't I don't have to do anything, so I, I, know, I, I, got, I, I get to do I get to do the Dan and just keep rambling and drinking my beer.
0: That's it that's it that's all yeah no i i man yeah yeah i yeah. so i was i was like about to start editing and i'm like yeah i haven't talked to the guys in like a week so let's go ahead and talk to the guys see what everybody's up to and yeah. uh here we are yeah a bunch of
2: 20 minutes fun. later
0: bunch of grinding that shorter by the time I get to it so <laughs> bunch if, of if grinding yeah a lot of yeah. grinding
4: <laughs> yeah one of the things i'm i'm excited to try is i've got some uh, abl steel that uh going to be making some some head knives for uh, jason and sarah from uh Diomini's leather oh, and yeah. um uh soul-bound leather yeah. So.
0: Yeah, another another good knife perspective. Listen.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 did a great job. And then one of the podcasts that uh, uh, it's a Dungeons and Dragons one. I used to not or I I not knew nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. and Some coworkers of mine put together like a campaign group that we would play some during lunch. And then Jason told me about the the podcast Tabletop Champions and uh those guys are uh just really really fun to listen to the the episodes are like hour and a half 2 hours of them actually like playing and uh listening like, and yeah. really really good to listen to while you're grinding and okay. not have to pay like super close attention but right. still have and then uh Sean the um uh, he's the DM and they've had a few other people. Like, I just can't comprehend how he always does the like, yes. And stuff uh, like improv and uh, some of the stuff he comes up with. It's just like, it's totally absurd and hilarious.
0: That's a dungeon master for anybody still listening.
4: Well, the podcast is called tabletop champions. It's dungeons and dragons. The
0: you're listening to (laughs) we yeah. know what a DM is.
4: <laughs> yeah, the dungeon. Master. I
0: probably, I probably learned about it from either Stranger Things. Actually, probably from Big Bang Theory. But
4: mm. yeah, I watched Stranger <laughs> Things, and that's uh, that's where I got a little bit of interest in it when they talked about yeah. putting together a campaign. I was like, see what it's about. Now I have a book and a dice bag, a dice bag made by Jason and. Yeah. Uh, about $50 in dice now and all different colors and resins and whatnot.
0: Yeah. There's,
4: actually, there's I actually have a... two, two dice bags. One that's uh, a nice leather one that Jason made. And then a chain mail one. That's, uh, Ooh, that uh, all, yeah, pretty neat.
0: There's a Facebook group uh, I that they were gonna start up like a uh, a Dungeons and Dragons on the Facebook group. I'll uh, see if I can find it. I'll send an invite to it. I haven't actually done anything, so I don't know if they they actually have done it. But I'll uh, I'll send it over to you so that way. I I don't you know I I feel like most of that you have to be like kind of there to experience it, but.
4: There's quite a bit that comes through, uh, on the podcast. Um, I mean, you kind of don't understand kind of what, where they are in the rooms and stuff, but, uh, yeah, they're just super funny to listen to the, all the people are, are good characters. Yeah. But all righty, man. Well, uh, yeah, I, I want to end the, end the recording and we'll, head out of here
0: yeah do you want to say good night
4: kyle oh good (laughs) night (laughs) kyle
0: oh wrong podcast sorry
4: (laughs) yeah uh yeah yeah thanks for everybody who actually made it this long let us know if uh if you made it this long and maybe you'll get a or send me a message and maybe you'll get a holographic sticker there you go nice
0: well, it'll probably be 6 months before I put this one out, but uh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
4: maybe you'll get one, maybe you won't.
0: <laughs> maybe who knows? You, yeah. i may maybe out of them by then. We'll see.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, I appreciate it, dude.
4: Yeah. It's like been great talking to you, Ben.
0: Dude. Yeah, same here, man. Yeah. All right, dude. Thanks for listening to another episode of Maniacs and Martin site We really appreciate you taking the time to hear what we have going on and maybe learn a thing or two about knife making and mostly get some good laughs. I know I always do. If you want to join us, you can go to our Instagram, Maniacs and Martin site and click on the invite link there or search for us on Google Discord server, The Blade Spectrum. We are a knife making community that enjoys teaching and learning from each other We hope you enjoy hearing us carry on and until next time, try and stay sane or insane. It's up to you.